Hello, and welcome to the Acting Notes Podcast, the podcast where we talk about all things acting, from tips and tricks to business information. I'm your host, Justin Powell, and today we're going to talk about method acting. Is it worth it? Let's get into it. So, method acting, I think is something that, um, frankly, is misunderstood a lot. You know, it's, even from its origins with Stanislavski, there's been a debate about what exactly his intention was with method acting. That's why Stella Adler and Lee Strasberg ended up going their separate ways, right? They both believed in kind of different requirements of the method. They believed that Stanislavski meant one thing so passionately that they decided to never work again, and I believe had a pretty... Uh, pretty tense connection over the following years, where Strasberg tended to lean more to the side of sense memory to become your character, you know, replacing your emotions into that of the character. So, for example, if your character is experiencing a breakup in the story, then rather than just go into the scene and be in it, you would try to recall a time when you were broken up with or maybe when you were abandoned or something along those lines and then use that to kind of lend that emotion to the character so that you could experience the story in a more full way. You become the character more. Whereas Stella Adler, and I'm being very vague with some of this stuff, um, you know, I'm sure someone who studied under Lee Strasberg would say, that's not exactly what he meant, but I'm getting the gist, uh, giving you the gist. That would be a good name for a song. But, (laughs) giving you the gist. Uh, Stella Adler, on the other hand, thought it's probably better to work off of the imagination. You know, taking the given circumstances of the script and allowing your imagination to connect to them more and play from that kind of creative space. And so they split off. But nowadays, I feel like the method is something that is categorized as just... Gosh, there was an actor who said it recently. I think it was like Robert Pattinson who said, method acting seems to be just an excuse for people to be dicks. And I mean, in a lot of ways, it seems like he might not be wrong about that. And again, I'm not sure if it was him. It might have been someone else. But certainly this was a quote. And that might surprise some of you because method acting in the past handful of years has really become a tool for films to market the movies for these production companies rather to market the films you know think about suicide squad how many stories came out about jared leto's intense method acting to prepare for the role of the joker and how he would send uh dead rats and other horrible things to his co-stars as though that was his means of getting into character. And maybe it was. You know, I here's the thing about being a human being, is we can delude ourselves into almost anything. We can probably delude ourselves into believing, yeah, I have to send a dead rat to my co-star, otherwise I won't really, really be the character. I won't really find him. But you have other stories too, you know, stories of Daniel Day-Lewis as an actor I really love. I I think There Will Be Blood is one of the best films I've ever seen in my life, and his performance is incredible in it. But then you hear stories about how, I think it was on my left foot, uh, because his character was 
suffering from cerebral palsy and couldn't walk, he was in a wheelchair, he would make crew members carry him to set rather than walk there himself. And it, it comes to this debate, I think, for a lot of people because they say, well, if the performance was good, then why does it matter? Like, who cares? Those crew members had to carry him. Why does that matter? The performance was so great. Um, and I guess that would then lead to this... It kind of leads to this idea that the performance could not have been great then if he had just walked to set on those days. And I don't think that's true. That's where I... My only issue with the method really is when it impacts other people's process. And that does include the crew and everyone who's working on the film. As actors, it can be very easy to believe that, yes, we're the... We're just kind of the most important part of the of the recipe here. And we have our part to play, right? Acting is huge. You can have an amazing story, and if you don't have good actors to translate it, then it's probably not going to do that well. But we're also just a part of the story, you know? Think of dramatic scenes that you've seen in your life, and just imagine what they'd be like without that building score underneath. And if you're thinking of one that doesn't have a score, well, okay, you got me. But, you know, this, the elements of story, and it's not even just that, right? It's, sure, the performance is great, but also the writer helped craft us to get to that moment. The director shot it in a certain way that started, you know, kind of working on our unconscious in ways that we're probably not even cognizant of as an audience to prime our emotional pumps, if you will. For those tears to flood when the actor says that tearjerker line. We have to remember the collaboration aspect of it and try not to get too big of a head around it. I was listening to uh, Brian Tyree Henry recently, and it was a really brilliant interview. I think it's like the it's the only one I can find of him, which is a shame because I really want to put I want to put a video of him up on the social media pages, but I can't find any video interviews. This was like an audio one. But he was talking about how, you know, from early on, he just learned to really try to connect with everyone working on a project. This was like when he was back at school and he was in, I believe, the Yale acting program. But he would spend time hanging out with the people that were in the set design, that were directing, that were writing. He'd spend time hanging out with all of them and really trying to get to know them. And it wasn't from a place of, I'm just networking and I'm looking at this person as, you know, someone that will advance my career was, hey, we're all kind of striving for the same thing. We all want to tell stories. We just have a slightly different way that we want to go about it. But we're all aiming for the same type of thing. And I think that's a really beautiful thing to remember. Because sometimes it can feel like we're fighting with our director or with the I don't know, with anyone on set, it can feel like we're maybe being held back as opposed to being on the same team. And like sometimes that can be the case, right? We can have a director who maybe loses their patience with us or we just don't seem to connect well. We can't quite translate the notes they're giving us. You know, I'm sure we've all heard the, hey, yeah, do it again, but more energy. And that can be tough to translate as an actor, right? So that can be frustrating, can feel like you're a bit guideless, but at the same time, I think it's important to remember that people are all trying to, you know, steer the ship in the same direction. 
Which is why if your method is interrupting other people's process, I don't think it's good. I don't think it's... And again, it, it begs the question, is that the only way that you can get into character? Is by interrupting other people's work. By changing how they prepare. Because for you, that's how you have to do it. It's not about... You know, obviously our performance matters. What we do... But it's also about how much we can give to our scene partners so that they can give back to us. It becomes that game of tennis, right? Where maybe you hit the ball over the net and then they have to hit it back. But if you're hitting dead rats over the net, that's not going to bounce back. It might. I've never tried it, so I guess I can't say that with any authority. But I hope you get the metaphor there. So much of it is how we can trust our scene partners to give us what we need, to give and let them give us, right? Now, is the method all bad? No, there. I think there are a lot of performances, again, that are really enhanced by the fact that the actor decided to really imbue themselves in something. You know, I, I know, um, gosh, I'm forgetting his name right now. John Bernthal, who probably most famous role was on The Punisher. He was on Walking Dead. He was in Wolf of Wall Street. He's done he's done a lot of work recently. I really like him as an actor. He's very dynamic. And he was talking about when he was doing The Punisher, he felt like the character was in such a dark place. And I guess a bit of a trigger warning here if you don't know anything about the story, so maybe skip ahead if you don't want to hear this. Um, I'm just going to really be talking about kind of the origins of the character in, this, in the story, which is his family was killed this character and he's kind of living in this state where he just always wants to to punish it's not even about avenging it's about punishing evildoers you know he's a superhero that kills an anti-hero and so john bernthal thought he just always wanted to kind of stay in that dark place while he was on set he felt like he couldn't really play the character he was switching back and forth to being the friendly polite guy and then this dark brooding character whose trauma and pain was with him every second of every day, right? Who closed his eyes and felt the pain. Um, and I don't know how I went about it on set, but I've heard no stories. So I imagine that's fine. I also think that's the type of thing where, you know, if you feel like you need to do that for your work or even for like, sometimes, you know, you need to do that just for a scene. If it's a heavy emotional scene, you might think, I want to kind of try and stay in this morass of of feeling that I have going on. I don't want to jump out and like share some jokes before we go into a close-up. I want to kind of stay in it. You know, I think that's fine, and I think that's just something to communicate with the people on set and your director, you know? If you're worried that someone's going to try to take you out. I did an episode recently about that, about staying in the moment, in the heat of it, Right. And yeah, I think if you just communicate that with people, they'll understand, right? You know, for the most part, people understand. Again, we're all working towards the same goal. So it's, it's almost, you know, for some reason, I keep getting this mental image of like a Viking ship where we we all have to row in unison to get to where we want to go, to make this story come to life the way we want to. And if you decide you need to take a break from rowing for a moment so that you can focus on I'm losing the oh, I'm losing the metaphor. No, <laughs> if you decide you need to change up your rowing in some way, I think if you just communicate that with your fellow rowers, they'll understand, right? 
and they'll probably modify to help you to make sure that the boat is still moving at the right pace just with this slightly altered state now. So that was a brilliant metaphor. You know, Shakespeare, you can suck it. I'm better than you now. <laughs> um, but back to the method. You know, is it worth it? And I, before I even get into the, is it worth it, let's just talk a bit more about how it's presented now in pop culture as this, you know, just complete embodiment and living as the character. This idea that people never break character. You know, Daniel Day-Lewis is texting as Abraham Lincoln, which is insane because I don't think Lincoln would have any idea how to do that. But somehow he was. He was signing his texts as, I think, Abe or Lincoln. Now look, again and ultimately, if it works for you, if your process works for you, and you're not negatively impacting other people and their process, then I think it's okay, you know? I mean, I think Amy Adams has said about Joaquin Phoenix, you know, she said, I don't think I've ever met him. I've only met the characters he plays. And she doesn't say it negatively because when Joaquin is getting himself into these places, he's still cordial with people. He doesn't try to interrupt their process. And this is just from what I understand, of course, uh, maybe there's someone who has worked with him that's like, actually, no, he calls you every second of the day and he installs a giant screen in your house where you have to watch him work. But not from what I hear. And so ultimately, like, whatever gets you there is really what matters, right? And sometimes you might want to try that. I know, like, I have used elements of the method in the past. I used to be very into the method. That was probably, like, the closest form of technique that I chose. I don't think I've ever really bought into one technique 100%. I've always kind of been like, I'm going to pull some different things. But I've certainly gotten close to doing that with the method where I was just living as a character and it got to the point where I felt like it was too much. One, it kind of felt like I was putting restrictions on my acting. It felt like I had this strong idea of who the character was and so I would restrict myself from impulses in the moment thinking, well, that's not of the character. The character wouldn't laugh like this. They wouldn't get angry at a time like this. Which, you know, do we ever really know ourselves? We do to some extent, right? But things change. I mean, have you ever done anything out of character? I know I have. I know I've done things that people are like, whoa, that's not like you, Justin. So it happens. And I do think we have to leave ourselves open to that. Even Joaquin Phoenix, who is someone who I think is touted as like a probably one of our best quote-unquote method actors of this day and age, talks about how he really does try to leave himself open in the moment. No matter how much prep he's done, he tries to make sure that he can discover what the character will do. In an interview, I think I've posted this one on my uh, pages, he says, like, I, I don't know what the fuck the character will do. That was a flawless Joaquin impression. But it's true. You know, he doesn't fully know. And leaving himself open is kind of what allows him to play. So should you do the method acting technique? As I say with most things, maybe give it a shot and see how you feel about it. See how it works for you. Again, I think there are tools that we can use that are method-esque that get us there. I've talked before on this podcast about how we can start to shift our thoughts to become more similar to the thoughts the character might have. 
you know, Riz Ahmed talked about how he, when he was playing a, a homeless man in Nightcrawler, he started shifting his thoughts. So he would be driving around L.A., he'd see a homeless person pushing a Target cart with a bunch of stuff in it, and Riz's first thought in that moment was, oh, that's really sad. I hope they have a like warm place that they're going to. But then he would consciously shift to, like, what would my character think of that? And he shifted to, as the character, oh, I bet there's some good stuff in there. I should wait and see if I can grab that if I get a chance. And that was just the first thing that came to mind. He didn't wait to, like, craft the perfect thought of the character. He just kind of turned on a switch, like, okay, now what would the character think? And then the first thought that came to mind was, like, cool, that was the character's thought. And just trusted it, right? And then eventually it became more and more unconscious where he'd be able to look out in the world and kind of have some of the organic character thoughts. And so I think that method's great. You know, I use it from time to time. But really the ultimate crux of all of this is if you're going to use the method or any acting technique, it's fine. Just don't be a dick. Don't interrupt other people's process. You know... This story I do want to share because I heard it the other day for the first time. And I'm like a pretty big fan of studying the kind of history of Hollywood and movies and things like that. Hearing all the the behind-the-scenes stories of how people did the work they did. And there was a story um, of Dustin Hoffman. And I'm sure we've all heard the first one, which is, you know, for Marathon Man, there was a scene where I think he had to his character had stayed up like three days straight. And so Dustin Hoffman just stayed up three days straight and then appeared to set, you know, exhausted and so tired. And Lawrence Olivier's co-star turned to him and said, my dear boy, have you tried acting? So there's that, right? But there's another story of Dustin Hoffman on the set of Kramer versus Kramer, I believe, in an emotional scene with Meryl Streep, him telling her before the scene started to try and get her there emotionally horrible things and even mocking her recently dead husband who had died of cancer John Cazale was a brilliant actor but mocking him to try and get her there emotionally and that's just too much that's just too much you know I've had actors try that with me try to like give me something emotionally like that. But, I, you know, I, I allow it usually. I probably should speak up. You, the reason I don't is because it doesn't really affect me, you know? I've had someone who, like, wanted me to get, like, angry at them. So they were just like, nobody likes you. And I was, <laughs> in my head, I was like, well, I, that's just not true. <laughs> I, I know that's not true. I know people like me. Not everybody, but I know some people do. And, and so it, it doesn't really hit me. But I, I think if I was younger, it probably would. And, like... You know, maybe it would get me there emotionally, but how would that impact me in my life? You know, how would that make me feel just as a human being? And did I ask for that? That's the other thing. Like Meryl Streep, as far as I know from the story, wasn't like, hey, can you say some horrible things to me so I can get there emotionally? No, it was just Dustin Hoffman taking it upon himself. And that's the kind of stuff that's just unnecessary, you know? We can always ask our scene partner, hey, is there anything you need for support in this scene? Particularly if it's like a tough scene or something. I think that's a very courteous and nice thing to do. But to just decide, I know what you need. I got it. My method, my insight is clearly better than yours. It's not okay. 
It's just not. There's not even anything like it. There's no joke there. There's nothing. There's no gray area to me. It's not okay. Your process is about getting you there, right? It's also about helping to tell this story, helping everyone else tell this story. So, the final verdict. Method acting. If it works for you, great. If it works for you and you have to hurt other people to make it work for you, try to find a different method. Because I bet there are a lot of other ways that can get you there. And, you know, I think this podcast might make it seem like the method is the only technique that could ever hurt people. There's plenty of ways that artists find, you know. I don't think it's a rampant issue, but it certainly happens. But this is just one that I think because there's such a an intensity around it, a lore behind it, it can be easier to fall prey to that kind of thing. It can also be easier to enmesh yourself in the emotions of the character. I know when I was really practicing method acting, and I was playing characters that were quite miserable, it led to me being far more miserable. And so that's why I've mostly turned away from it and have tried to find new ways. And again, I'll still come back and find different things. And now I've just really tried to get better, particularly in the past year, at like diving into darker places and being able to step out of it at the end of the scene and go home and be okay, you know? Find ways to give yourself self-love and things like that. And recognize that that's the character's life. It's not my life. So I hope you enjoyed listening to the Acting Notes podcast this week. I will say I'm probably going to be releasing less episodes going forward. Not too much less, but I've been attempting to try and do four episodes each month. You know, one a week. I think I'm going to go down to three. Just because it will give me more time to prepare to research some topics to try and grow this podcast a little bit more i really want to start bringing guests on at some point and unfortunately with my schedule as it currently sits that's kind of tough for me to coordinate on my own so i'm going to be doing three episodes going forward starting in march so this is going to be the first episode in march and i guess i'll probably do three weeks straight and then take a break on the fourth And the other reason I'm doing that is because then I can work on trying to create this channel, you know, the social media, the acting notes. I want to make YouTube videos as well that can be more helpful because I know, you know, I think podcasts are great, but I also know that not everyone is an auditory learner. Some people need the visuals. So I want to do that as well. And I want to just be able to create some stuff that can really help everyone grow. And I think if I have more time on my hands, that might be easier to do. So thank you for listening. I always appreciate everyone that listens, everyone that reaches out on TikTok or Instagram at The Acting Notes. And if you ever have any questions or comments or concerns, you can always reach out to me on those social media pages, and I'll do my best to get back to you. You know, I I think I've been pretty good about getting back to everyone so far, but I may have missed one. And if I have, it's you. I'm very sorry. 
Um, also, let me know if there's anything you'd like to hear about on the podcast or in future YouTube videos. And if you could, it would be immensely helpful to me if you could like, what is it, like and review? Review, and if you could leave a rating and a comment on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, because it helps people find the podcast. It helps it grow so that other people, other actors and actresses can find it and hopefully learn from it. But yes, that's the end of my spiel. So thank you all for listening. I'm Justin Powell. Have a good day. Peace.